This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzie Stevens. Good morning, Boston, and to all the dedicated, diehard, loyal Boston super fans. How you doing? Your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens here with the latest edition of Breaking Boston for Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. Happy Flag Day, everybody. One of my favorite flags, of course, is the flag that runs out into the field shortly after Ozzy Osbourne plays Crazy Train at Gillette Stadium. That would be the flag of the Flying Elvis, signaling that your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, are taking the field and prepared to do gridiron battle. And one of the teams that has been breaking Boston, or well, shall we say breaking Boston's back, breaking Boston's footballs and more in recent year has been the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and with all the woes and the frustrations of the Red Sox of recent day and the NHL finals madness and a bunch of other things that we could call the biggest sports story of the day in Boston or the topic du jour, if you will, to borrow from our friends on Francais, <laughs> JK. And by the way, it's just me, Fitzy, today because Andy Hart is on a much needed vacay. JK, no, seriously, he's in Puerto Rico. Enjoy, Andy. He's throwing paper towels right now to people in need. Uh, there was a story that I read last night, a story that kind of uh, circulated heavily, pretty intensely through all the media types and the NFL media wonks and such, uh, borderline going viral, if you will, about not necessarily something that happened in Foxborough. I understand yesterday, if you happen to subscribe and listen to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, you heard some of Andy Hart's frustrations about the wide receiver room. Uh, possibly the cornerback room, which he's called the House of Cards. Now, of course, they're having tackle issues with Trent Brown showing up, not exactly being fit as a fiddle. What's going on? There are plenty of things to dissect about the Patriots over the next several months. And of course, Mike Cadlick and I later today will have another six rings to wrap up the entirety of minicamp and any day three observations, should there actually be a day three weather pending. But turning to the AFC, he's talking once again about those Buffalo Bills. It was a story that uh, got kind of big, pretty, pretty, pretty big on Tuesday as far as wide receiver Steph Diggs. Now, cut to a couple of years ago when Steph Diggs, who was clearly becoming the number one in Minnesota and wanted to be the number one, Adam Thielen was in his way. Uh, he's no longer there. He's in Carolina. 
he gets traded away to Buffalo for a package that I'm sure the Patriots and many other teams wish that they would have paid. It was a first-round pick, a couple later-round picks, to acquire an alpha on the rise in the form of Steph Diggs. And in the three years he's been there, whether he was with Brian Dayball or subsequently Ken Dorsey, there's no arguing the uh, the fact, the idea that Steph Diggs has become one of the five best wide receivers in the NFL and the fact that Steph Diggs has helped elevate uh, elevate the entire offense and Josh Allen's game entirely, although he did regress a little bit in 2022. In fact, it was interesting. I was listening to uh, the best football show with our uh, Odyssey pal, a uh, friend down in Philadelphia, Elliot Shore Parks, and he was running through the items, like the, the biggest question in minicamp heading into training camp and into the season for all of the teams in the NFL and in the AFC East. He wanted to see Josh Allen make the next step. Of course, this is the Madden cover boy. Could this be the Madden cover jinx already at play, folks? We'll soon find out. His big thing was, let's see Josh Allen take the next step. Let's see Josh Allen cut out the mistakes all the fumbles, the interceptions that he regressed back to in 2022 after truly an MVP caliber and spectacular breakout performance in 2021. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that he's got one of the best receivers in football in Steph Diggs, who's been paid accordingly. I mean, the man has been paid over $70 million to date. He's on in a four-year, $96 million contract right now. And yet yesterday, Tuesday, at Buffalo Bills mandatory minicamp, Steph Diggs was a no-show. And for the better part of the morning into the early afternoon, there were questions, concerns, people, is it medical? Is Steph, is something wrong with Steph Diggs? Does he have a personal emergency? Is he unhappy? Is it contractual? How could it be contractual? Because he's paid like one of the five best receivers in football. Uh, why would Steph Diggs not be there? I mean, this is not a case of like, Lawrence Guy or somebody in New England who's only making $2 million this year. And though he's definitely in the, the back half of the back nine of his career, Lawrence Guy is still a very valuable member of the New England Patriots and should uh, hold out for maybe an extra million or $2 million in what could maybe be his final year in New England. But Steph Diggs is making some big money. So why would Steph Diggs hold out? Why would Steph Diggs not show up? Why wouldn't he be there? As a matter of fact, that's right. Steph Diggs this year in 2023 is, you know, not bad work if you can get it, $24.9 million. He's tied up with the Buffalo Bills through the 2027 season. Current contract, four years, $96 million, $21.5 million signing bonus, AAV average annual value of $24 million. Contractually, that shouldn't be the reason what's going on with him, right? Uh, and this sort of plays into something that I've picked at a little bit that I've thrown out there. I'm not sure if my Six Rings co-host, Andy Hart, necessarily has agreed with it because, well, I mean, the Buffalo Bills, they still look like a wagon. According to FanDuel, they're the prohibitive favorite to win the AFC East this year. I know the Jets are getting better. Miami has improved by adding Jalen Ramsey. They're in the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes. I know he hasn't signed anywhere yet. He wants to hold out and play the field. Who knows where he's going to go? <clears throat> New England wouldn't be bad now that James Robinson has been released. I digress. So. Why in the world is Steph Diggs so unhappy that he wouldn't show up? And could this be something that sort of sets into motion an odd year for Buffalo? Look, there's enough talent on that team right now that they shouldn't be regressing to a point where Buffalo has one of those sort of setback seasons that sometimes teams have after they lose a Super Bowl. 
Uh, I don't think anyone feels that way about Philadelphia this coming season. A lot of the teams that have played in the Super Bowl or almost reached the peak of their abilities, the 13 seconds game, we'll call it a couple of years ago for Buffalo, and then just are never, never really able to get back there. Sometimes they experience a regression. And something about the way that season ended last year in Buffalo still hasn't sat right with me from the fact that it looked like they really, really, really wanted the Patriots to beat them in the final game of the season where not one but two times Naeem Hines returned short kickoffs from Nick Folk all the way to the six-point house. The the joy, the spirit of DeMar Hamlin there with him in attendance, it was cathartic, it was mystical, it was emotional, it was spectacular. Yet still, Mac Jones and the offense were able to move the ball pretty effectively, pretty efficiently, even amidst the turmoil and dysfunction of the reverse-engineered offense, uh, the dysfunction overall of their the team, let alone the offense last year. The Patriots had their blank together in that game. They could and should have beaten the Buffalo Bills, been 9-8, and eight, and gone to the playoffs. Well, they lose. Spoiler alert. They don't make the playoffs. Bill O'Brien's running the show now, yada, yada, blah, blah. Next week, they go up against Skylar Thompson, the only healthy quarterback option for the Miami Dolphins. And honestly, if Jalen Waddle holds on to a couple passes or Skylar Thompson isn't Skylar Thompson. It's hard to ask the guy to be anybody else who he, than who he is, considering that he was a rookie in the NFL and much couldn't have been expected of him. On that very sunny winter day in a four-hour game, if Miami was a whisker better, they could have beaten Buffalo. And then, of course, you know what happens the next week. In the snow in Buffalo, Cincinnati comes up on the day that Joe Burrow went viral for his famous pregame throw where he whipped it, spun around in a perfect circle, and dropped a 50-yard dime to T. Higgins in pregame warm-ups. Buffalo absolutely waxed the Bills that day. Uh, there really wasn't much to show for wasn't much to show for Buffalo Bills. I think the final score is twenty seven ten. Perhaps that was the day Hamlin was in attendance. I don't think he was in attendance quite yet. Uh, that was the first home game, I believe, perhaps for Buffalo after the Demar Hamlin incident in Cincinnati. Be that as it may, uh, they lose, and everyone still has burned into their mind that image of Steph Diggs hands raised on the sideline, looking towards Josh Allen like, what the hell? What the blank? What the F is going on here? There was obviously, it wasn't just, hey, I was open on that play. It wasn't just, you know, you made a couple of wrong reads. This was something bigger. This wasn't just even a Buffalo team that we all knew was exhausted by the end of the season. I mean, that team had been through so much with the 13 seconds game and the fallout there in and the tragic shooting at the Buffalo grocery store that you know how much that city, that region, their fan base, the bills mafia, how hardy they party, how much they love their football, how much they lean on the Buffalo bills, what they mean to their fans, to that city, to that region, that part of the state, which is so different from the rest of New York state. Then of course there's the DeMar Hamlin health scare and, uh, I mean, do you want to just talk about an emotional roller coaster for a team? They were so exhausted. They were just drained by the end of the season. It's no wonder they were ripe for the picking. Yet still, something didn't ever sit right with me and I think with a lot of other people. But hey, Buffalo's so good. There's still so much talent. Good line, good receivers, good secondary. I don't know. Something about this because now we get to it. So basically what's happened in a headline I read on ESPN, and I've read subsequent pieces as well, uh, some breakdown from Mike Catalana from Buffalo Plus uh, up in the area. Basically what happened was that Steph Diggs chose not to report to Bill's mandatory minicamp 
uh, over what Josh Allen said is, quote, teamwork issues. Uh, and Josh Allen even went as far as to say in a piece from Elena Getzenberg on ESPN that was published yesterday afternoon, quote, there's things that I could do better to help out with this process and to try to get him back here and be the Buffalo Bill that he's meant to be. Okay. I'm sorry. Listen, we all want our wide receivers. We know wide receivers can be divas. We know wide receivers can be a handful. We know wide receivers can have big egos, huge egos. I've always thought I want wide receivers that are divas. I want wide receivers that think they're better than other people. Just the same way that I want that confidence, that certainty, that arrogance, that swag in like my lawyers, my heart surgeons, my pilots. Like, yeah, I'm the best one to do this. You only need me and nobody else. I'm going to get it done. So that's cool if Steph Diggs has that kind of attitude, except something about this just isn't sitting right. This is really, really strange that there are chemistry issues. There are teamwork issues. There are potentially compatibility issues between Josh Allen and Steph Diggs. What is going on here right now? Like Josh Allen has, you know, switches girlfriends in the offseason as well. Now we have the potential Madden curse. Von Miller says he's going to be ready. I know he's been doing his pa his pass rushing clinic, but is he really going to be ready? I know the Bills recently signed Leonard Floyd. He can get after it as well. There's a lot of talent all over this team, but when your head coach, when your head when Sean McDermott says he's very concerned about Steph Diggs not showing up, I mean he could just easily just sweep it under the rug, brush by it, push past, and say like, ah, it's no big deal, you know. Steph's just giving a little extra. We could call it a Veterans Day. He could just say, you know, no big deal. I'm going to give him some time off or we don't need him in the building today. He'll be here later on. We'll take care of it. No, instead, he he said that he was, quote, very concerned about it or deeply concerned. Uh, that's never good. That's never good with a player that many people believe is the guy. Uh, yes, very concerned is exactly is exactly the phrase. That's exactly uh, even Adam Schefter, Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, told reporters, uh, on Tuesday that he is, quote, very concerned that Steph Diggs is not at Buffalo's mandatory minicamp. I don't know. Something is not lining up well early on. And I know it's only June. And look, people can listen to this, get this far in and be like, guy, come on. You're just you're whistling past the graveyard with the Patriots. Talk to me about their wide receiver issues. Talk to me about Mac throwing some picks on Tuesday. Talk to me about cutting James Robinson. Talk to me about the offensive line issues. And we'll break all that down for a while. But I think this bears mention, and I think this is actually worth picking at and trying to get to the bottom of or keeping one of your two better eyes on. Josh Allen went on to later say uh, he supports Stefan Diggs and incorporating him, but, quote, needs to do it a little bit better in what we're doing here. And, quote, they need to be getting him the ball or getting him more involved in the game plan. Why the hell wouldn't Steph Diggs be involved in the game plan for the Buffalo Bills? Next to Josh Allen... He's the best player on that offense. He ate J.C. Jackson's and John Jones's and every other cornerback's lunch for the last several years in New England, whether they played in Foxborough or up in Orchard Park uh, for the better part of those three seasons. He's been he's been a monster. The guy feeds every every week. He's a he's an absolute animal. He's a tremendous football player. Why wouldn't he be involved? Some I don't know if they miss Brian Dayball as much. If Diggs really is more as a handful. Maybe this is sort of what led him to want to get out of Minnesota. Now, eventually, he's becoming a problem there, and then he's frustrated with the game plan or what they've been able to do, but they haven't been able to get over their own personal hump. Uh, Allen went on to later say, Steph, quote, he's my guy. 
Uh, I effing love him. He's a brother of mine. This does not work what we're doing here without him. We wish he was in here today and was out there on the field with us. And that's not the case, but I've got his back no matter what. And again, I've got no doubt that, that we will figure out what's going on. I freaking love him. I can't stress that enough. I don't know. That's just, that's just really, really, really strange for a guy who's on a massive contract, who's an elite receiver, who's a massive part of the game plan and the offense of one of the teams that is expected to win their division yet again, that is a Super Bowl favorite. I mean, heading into the season, who are people talking about once again as Super Bowl favorites? Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Buffalo Bills. Once again, nobody would be surprised. Man, the Cincinnati Bengals as well. Joe Herbert, who uh, was bold enough and smart enough when asked uh, in an interview at his minicamp on Tuesday, who's the best quarterback in the NFL? He didn't take the bait. He wasn't a dipstick like his mayor. He said, it's Patrick Mahomes. And until someone outplays him and wins a Super Bowl getting past him, the answer is, unless you have a better season than him, the answer is Patrick Mahomes. That's correct. But Josh Allen's a top five quarterback, but he tried to do too much last year. Maybe it's his hero ball antics. Maybe it's always running the ball and just trying to put too much on his shoulders that's irritating Steph Diggs. Maybe he doesn't like Ken Dorsey's game plans. Maybe he's tired of living in Buffalo. Lord knows if I'd lived in Buffalo as long as he has, I'd be I'd have been done two and a half years prior. But he's making big money, and this team is awesome. It's just very strange to have these kind of issues and have them not be health-related, have them not be contract-related this early in the year. Back to Mike Catalana from Buffalo Plus, who I referenced earlier. Uh, late Tuesday afternoon, uh, his tweet, I just spoke with Stefan Diggs' agent, Adisa Bakari. He told me Steph would, quote, show up for work tomorrow. Bakari did not specify, pra at pra specify practice. He said he's seeking clarity in Sean McDermott's statement about being, quote, very concerned and that it implied Diggs not reporting. Uh, again, just really weird. So look, this may, in the, in the long run, in the end, this may mean jack, squat, diddly, nada, and zero. But at the same time, um, wow. And also, I forgot to mention uh, Steph Diggs on Instagram. I hadn't checked that on Tuesday, but just checking that this morning. Uh, Steph Diggs on Instagram posted last night, I just be letting people cap. If them lies help you sleep better, tell them, big dog. Okay. All right. I mean, I don't, this is all weird. This is all really, really weird. So again, my grander point and why I wanted to address this on Breaking Boston uh, and start the day with a topic that I think may get overlooked a little bit, but for Patriots fans who are looking for the Patriots to at least get one from Buffalo this season, for Pats fans like myself who think they have a much better chance to get after the AFC East than people are giving them credit for, the Tommy Kearns around town who think this team is capable if they get their ish together of winning 11 or 12, Come on. Come on, Patriots. Validate Sports Illustrated's hot take in their 100 bowl predictions before the NFL season of thinking you could win the AFC East this year. Maybe not, but this is all weird. I know there's no juju on the field at minicamp for the Pats, but he's dealing with something. But it's not like he's holding out. It's not like he's pissed off. He doesn't have an agenda. There's not something wrong there in, in the sea of wide receivers and offensive talent that hasn't been out on the field for the Patriots in early to mid-June in Foxborough. This is someone who has a problem with something that's going on inside his organization. His quarterback's making a ton of money. He's making a ton of money. They've gotten so far, but haven't gotten over the hump. Now there must have been off-season chemistry, connectivity, game planning, 
interpersonal or emotional issues. Just in case, I wanted I wanted to use this particular edition of Breaking Boston as that um, as the pin, if you will. I wanted to sort of put this one out there, just in case things go south for the Buffalo Bills and the Patriots get the best of them this year, and maybe Buffalo does not win the AFC East. Maybe Buffalo has a hard season. Maybe Buffalo does actually regress in the 2023 season, and people go, huh, what, how, why? I never could have possibly seen this happen. What the freak went wrong up that went wrong up there in Orchard Park? Oh my God, Josh Allen, Steph Diggs. It looks like Damian Harris chose poorly. Just in case things go south, I sort of wanted to put this pin in there on Flag Day and say, "Huh, hey, your old pal Fitzy, he may have seen this storm coming, Mister Wayne. Just maybe." And of course, since I am never one to be shy about living on unpopular Take Island. I've said I think Buffalo may take a step back this year. If they don't, feel free to clap back at me all you want. You can freezing cold take me, whatever makes you feel good. You can rate, review, subscribe, and share. Give me one star and say what a bozo this guy is on a Boston sports-centric podcast saying that he thinks Steph Diggs and Josh Allen are going to have a bad season and Buffalo will step back. Or you can actually hit me up at FitzyGFY. Don't worry, Andy Hart will do plenty of that when he hears this one after a vacation. Or you can hit me up at FitzyGFY and say, wow, Fitzy, like so many other times when we didn't give you credit, you were right, big guy. You were right. All right. As the week progresses, we will talk more Patriots. We'll talk a little hockey. And we'll wrap up the NHL season whenever we get a chance. You know, the Celtics could always be in play. And, of course, the Red Sox. Oh, the the frustrating Fenway favorites. All that and more will be coming up this week on Breaking Boston, where each and every day we get you started with a hot cup of Boston sports. It's like a 20-minute portable-sized sports radio show to get your morning started and help feed your rabid Boston sports fandom. For producer Cooper Leonard, this is your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens, Breaking Boston. We will talk to you soon.